This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, but he'll be joining us uh, probably around mid-show. He's got a few things he's got to take care of this morning. Uh, Joining me this morning... uh, Get the show started off. Former Toronto Maple Leaf, former Washington Capital, Lou Franceschetti. Lou, leaping Lou. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Wally. Good morning, Naz. Approaching Naz. Naz going to be joining us shortly, Lou. So it's uh, oh, okay. it, it's me and you, uh, Lou. Ali Fraser. Still early on a Sunday morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's toe to toe. Me and you, Lou. Ali Fraser. Where are you, Ali, or are you Fraser? Am I what? Are you Ali or are you Fraser? Well, you figure that one out. <laughs> I'm not much of a mouth. I'll take a lot of, uh, I take a big beating, so I'll, I'll go with Fraser. I think you got that perfectly. I'm a little bit lighter on my toes than you are. And yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Lou, uh, let's, uh, let's catch up uh, a little bit of a Super Bowl wrap up. Um, I mean, we had all uh, sort of all predicted on the show last Sunday, uh, myself, uh, Naz, and uh, I think Butch, uh, that it was uh, Tampa. Tampa was going to win the game, uh, which we were. We were. I thought we were being a little bit out there, considering you know quite a few people were picking the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs were the favorites. I had I had Tampa at twenty eight seventeen. Thirty-one nine was a little bit on the on the higher side of what I would have expected, uh, but the game the game played out um, the way I uh, had anticipated, which it was I'm not so sure it was the Tom Brady show, but it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense show. And you know, if you're going to give uh, credit, uh, obviously you're going to give credit to the big guy, Tom Brady. You know, seventh Super Bowl, uh, thirty-one points, did what he had to do. But uh, certainly couldn't have done it with uh, with that defense. Remarkable, remarkable uh, performance by Tampa Bay. Lou, I I really thought uh, it was it definitely was a Tampa Bay defense. Uh, they they probably had a great game plan, saying that uh, they were not going to let Tyreek Hill beat them like they did earlier in the season when he when he had something like two hundred yards in the first half. And uh, the coach did a marvelous job of taking him out of the play. And more or less just said, Patrick Mahomes, you and Kelsey are the two guys that are going to beat us. And they played a very, very aggressive style, uh, in-your-face type man-on-man uh, coverage uh, on all three receivers. Mind you, they did, they, they did take Tyreek Hill completely out of the game. And again, it comes down to a couple of key plays at the end of the first half and some key penalties uh, that really more or less pushed the game more in a favor of Tampa, even though I didn't think Kansas City played uh, as good as they uh, could have played. Uh, and I'd, I'd go even one step further that if Kansas City played that bad, 
against Buffalo. I think we would have seen the Buffalo Bills against the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, certainly not 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 the greatest performance by the Kansas City Chiefs, but it, you know a little bit of a different environment. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs against Buffalo. That's uh, that's a home game, AFC Championship home game. You know, uh, you're going into Tampa uh, for the Super Bowl. It's essentially a home game for the Buccaneers. Uh, first time it's ever happened that a that a team in the Super Bowl was able to play in their home stadium. Um, you know, before 25,000 fans, you know, I, I think it makes a difference. Uh, there is still, I would sense, a bit of a home field advantage. Tampa, you know, they get to they get to roll out of their beds in the morning and, and go to practice in their in their uh, in, in their home place. I think KC flew in like at the last minute, so uh, you know that I, I think that a little difference. Going back to some of the issues that you uh, you raised, Lou. Um, Criticism for the referees. Uh, they thought uh, some critics were saying that some of the calls against KC were questionable. Some of the pass interferences, a lot of the stuff that perhaps wasn't called in some of the earlier games, they decided to get strict all at, at the same time. And you know, and I and I raised the point after the Pills lost against the Chiefs. You know, uh, Josh Allen couldn't find anybody downfield open that whole game, and I was watching some. I mean, I go there, you know, the Kansas City defenders are like they're they're holding, uh, and they weren't calling it. Uh, not not that it, to suggest that Buffalo would have won that game, anyways. They weren't going to win. They got they lost to a better team, but all of a sudden, you know, some of the things that the KC defenders were getting away with, perhaps in some earlier games, were starting to get called. Um, fair criticism to the referee, I would think uh some of those calls came at inopportune times uh, certainly changed the momentum of some drives would it have changed the ultimate outcome i doubt it i just think tampa was a better team that day but uh fair criticism there fair criticism of the tampa coach um correct me if i'm wrong lou my memory isn't what it used to be uh but just before this just before half uh, I think Tampa, and this just happened just before one of those interference calls. Uh, Tampa, uh, you know, they they have the ball. Brady's got the ball. I think after a second down, doesn't the, doesn't the um, doesn't the uh, KC coach uh, uh, Reed um, call a timeout? Um, and then, but Tampa just keeps driving the ball, and they get a touchdown before the half. I thought that I thought that was the killer. Um, I thought that that was an incredibly questionable call by the Kansas City coach at that particular moment in time. Your it, it definitely was, and also the uh, uh, after the bad punt by by KC, uh, Tom Brady threw an interception. That was a questionable penalty, and they got uh, they got a second chance at the at the, uh, at the touchdown throw at the end of the second half, at the end of the first half. So, I mean, I mean, but you know what? At the end of the day, uh, kudos to Tom Brady. Uh, he did what he had to do. He dissected uh, the KC uh, defense like nobody's uh, done most of the year. And you've got to get him full credit to, and not making any mistakes. Uh, against Green Bay, he threw three interceptions. Uh, last week, he didn't do anything like that. And, the, and they had a ground game last uh, uh, last week, too. So it's... Uh, it's it full marks for for Tampa winning the the Super Bowl last week. 
Yeah, no question. On the day, they were definitely the better team. Tom Brady, um, MVP. I think what Brady brings more than anything is, um, you know, he didn't have, uh, I mean, you know, he didn't have to throw for 400 yards to win the game. I think he threw for a little bit over 200, which is which sometimes is a good thing because, you know, that means they're not scrambling. He doesn't have to put the ball up. And you know the way Tom Brady is. He picks you apart on these little four, three, four inch, I mean, he, three, four inch, sorry, three, four yard passes. He's made a career out of it with the uh, with the Welkers and the Amendolas and uh, uh, can you remember the, the the last guy they had that uh, uh, you know those those little backs that he had in uh, in New England you know he throws those three four and he you know and he <laughs> he just and it's it, more than sort than anything and I and I'm watching I'm watching the pregame and Brady's ready and you know you just you know every team needs a general. Every every army needs a general. Uh, every every army, every team needs a leader, and you have to have confidence in your leader that this guy can take you to the promised land. And I think with Brady, the you know the reason he's the MVP of this team is he he was able to inspire his teammates to, to believe that they could win it because he's there and he's done it. And he's in that dressing room, and he's done it six times before, and he's not nervous, and he's focused. And you look at him on the sidelines. He's not jumping up and down. He's, 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 checking, uh, he's checking the little tablet or whatever they do nowadays on the sideline. He's, just, he's, he's inspiring his teammates with confidence because if you've got a quarterback that's been there, I, mean, I was about to say six times, one at six times, but been there ten times, you know, you're in the right hands here. And I, I just felt that the team, you know, Tampa veteran team, let, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, and they've got, they've got cap issues now. They got to figure out how to keep all these guys. Uh, uh, a lot of free agents there. I mean, I know the coach this week, Arians was saying, look, we're, we're going for number two. Well, good luck. You got, you got a lot of my, your owners got a lot of money to spend to keep these guys on board. Um, but it's it's that inspiration, that confidence, and you just know, uh, I you know you're you're playing for a guy that no has won it, and and that that's a pretty compelling uh, that's a pretty compelling feature to have on your team when you've got that confidence in your leadership. Lou, you've been uh, you played professional sports. Tell us uh, your perspective on leadership and confidence, and if you've got that guy that's been there before, the difference that that makes. Well, you know what, I I really think it's. Uh... It's just this persona. It, uh, you made you made a great point there, where it, everything's calm. There, there's no riffles. There's no uh, there's no jumping up and down on the sidelines after a big play. Uh, and it, it's just the inner confidence that Tom Brady brings brings with him and, and to his teammates. You look at the the six previous Super Bowls that uh, New England has won. I don't think they were favored in more than probably two of them, and and the ones that. They did lose. They were uh, they were heavily favored against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the undefeated season, so it, it's just the 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 aura that guys just listen. This is a sixty minute game. Just leave it in my hands. We'll take care of things. And uh, you know, there's there's only a certain few uh, athletes that that have that aura that can bring it uh, on on big days. And I look at Peyton Manning and and Joe Montana on in that end of the the uh, spectrum. Where they're so calm, uh, and they they have the whole game plan under control. Yeah, certainly with with, uh, with Brady, you know all those uh, 
correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I read all this stuff. I, you know, I try to absorb it, but the memory doesn't retain it as much as I used to when I was younger. Uh, I, I used to have a sticky, sticky paper for facts. Nothing would escape me, but the, the, it ain't working the way it used to. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it's in Tom Brady's six Super Bowl wins with the Patriots. They never won by more than six points. They were always close games. Always, you're, you're right. Close games. You look at the first two. I think there were game-ending yeah. field goals. You, you look at the game against St. Uh, Seattle, where yeah, they that one, a big which break they should have won. The game there, uh, an interception. Yeah. yeah, and then there's the overtime game against Atlanta. I believe didn't that one go? They were down twenty-eight to three. Yeah, and, and, and they, know, they went to overtime. So the, you know. This is the first. This is actually the first blowout Tom Brady Super Bowl victory. Uh, interestingly enough, but this there's no question. Uh, you know those New England teams were great teams. You know, but looking back in history, not all, when you consider all the Super Bowls that they won, there you you would think that there'd be more Hall of Famers that came out of those teams. There's not that many Hall of Famers that came out of those New England teams. Certainly not as many as you would expect. For, uh, for the amount of uh, accomplishments and the amount of victories uh, and Super Bowl wins that they had. I mean, those, uh, so they never had what I would call a dominating defense. Perhaps the only dominating defensive performance they had was that one that they beat, uh, was it the Rams a couple of years ago? Uh, yeah. That that was a close game. Yeah, that, that, that was really the, the, the time that the New England defense really won a game, won the Super Bowl. Um, Tom Brady, I mean, I, I said it last year when he left. I said, there's a reason he's going to Tampa. He's reading the tea leaves, and, you know, he, you know he, he's obviously not a stupid guy. Uh, he realized the quality of the defense that was in Tampa and, uh, you know, the, some of the weapons he would have. I mean, in the last few years in New England, really, you know, aside from the little guys that he used to throw and when Gronkowski was gone, didn't, didn't really have uh, – you know, all pro receivers in any respect whatsoever. And, you know, you go down to Tampa and you've got, you got, you got a few more weapons down there. So that, you know, certainly made a difference. Uh, Lou, we'll, we'll wrap up this part of the show. Uh, just let our listeners know uh, where we're going after this. Coming up after the break, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. We're looking forward to talking to Joe, catching up with the Leafs and what he's up to from a broadcasting perspective. And later on in the show, I call him hockey's greatest historian and greatest archivist, archivist Paul Patzgal, uh been on the show before. We're thrilled to have him back. Um, nobody can dig up uh, an old hockey uh, film or video or do or, or, or do a old hockey uh, research project like Paul. And he's got a great new uh, Great new venture, I would call it, for lack of a better term, on Thursday nights that everybody can watch on the internet. It's called the Hockey Time Machine. Um, listen in; it's a you, you may be uh, you may be tuning into some of his sessions on Thursday nights. Uh, on that note, we'll go to break. We'll be right back with the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother Rayul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Rayul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying... 
Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He has only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new M70 in Toronto, 96.7 FM, and on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. How are you? We're good, thanks. How are you guys today? We're doing great. Thanks so much, Joe. Uh, we, we, I just, we've got a new ad on the show for trading cards. Is there a Joe Bowen hockey card out there anywhere? Uh, not unless I colored it. I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. I was thinking more well, during your term now, as a broadcaster. The, uh, the Unionville Men's Hockey League hasn't really gotten to that big a point in as far as self-promotion. So uh, even though I have won numerous championships within the confines of, uh, of uh, the arena here in Unionville, uh, no, I don't think I have a card. Well, maybe we got to put one together, uh, Joe. I, you know, we, we checked. As I'm sure you're aware, we got Leap and Lou Franceschetti on with this morning. Last time we checked, his card was worth about $2.50. So uh, we well, think we want to be with postage and handling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, why, would you, uh, why would you spend any more on that? <laughs> I think there was a run last week. We may up, we may be up to two dollars and seventy five cents. So, anyways, is, is, is is there another Lou Franceschetti card, or is that the only one? No, there's. Hey, listen, uh, Joe, refresh your memory. This uh, Lou had uh, had a pretty good career. He hang on, he hung in there for I think twelve or thirteen years. There's there's a few of his cards around. Uh, All right, if you say so. I, I I've never seen one, but okay. Hey, Joe, it's only because it's gonna have the longest name in Leafs history. Okay. Well, exactly. It had to, it started on one side of the card and went around to the other. You're absolutely right. So it's, it's, it's there. Or the font was about point. <laughs> Guys, I still have a connection with you. Oh, I'm, have I lost the connection? I'm here. 
Uh, Louis, oh, good. I got it back. I think I just lost you guys for a second. It's uh, perils of library. Anyways, Joe, let's get to get kind of serious brass tacks here. We were hoping we were going to have you on this uh, this morning to talk about a leaf victory that we'd be seven points clear that we'd have the rest of the northern division looking significantly uh, at our uh, dust coming uh, coming back from our rear wheels, but. Uh, we got off to a good start last night, uh, but uh, Habs gradually took the game over. And the headline in Sportsnet this morning was, Leafs out hit, Montreal outlast the Maple Leafs. Uh, pretty good start to the season, Joe. Uh, last night's game, uh, perhaps not the result we would have liked, but it's one in a, in a significant body of work that yet has to come. Anything, uh, anything you take away from last night's game, Joe? One of the things that I, I, I was stunned at was, uh, uh, and I don't know who was counting hits last night, but uh, it, it was like 48 to 15. And I, I thought, my God, I don't think it was that physical an outing. But um, at any rate, um, that was one of the, the, the things that the Canadians tried to do to be more physical. And, and they were certainly the more physical of the two teams. And Jim Ralph quite succinctly pointed out you can't hit someone when you have the puck so that's another aspect of it i suppose the leaps have done a pretty good job of uh you know hanging on to the thing and and uh, and having zone time and various other things um i mean when when they don't score um obviously it's tough to win now having said that everybody coming into this season has uh, bemoaned the fact that they gave up too many shots on goal didn't play well defensively and needed to improve that and improve their physicality. Well, you know, they've lost some people because of injury, namely Wayne Simmons especially. But what they have done has really been, I think, impressive. I think the addition of the uh, the new defensemen have helped. The, the evolution of Justin Hall has helped. But they have cut down the number of shots on goal, and they've certainly cut down the number of quality chances. And uh, I, I thought they did that last night. They tried to nurse a one nothing lead through the third period. Didn't happen. Um, they didn't get enough maybe in the first period when they had a couple of really good chances. But uh, I think overall you have to be impressed with what they've done, and you have to be impressed where they are. I mean, they're they're still ahead of this uh, this division and pretty much the, the entire National Hockey League. Uh, Lou, uh, Joe, you're absolutely right. I, I really think that. Uh, Wayne Simmons is a is a missing key on on that team, and it showed last night. Uh, uh, when you get Josh Anderson uh, running around like he did a little bit, and more or less, everybody you know everybody's got it in their notebook that the way to beat the Leafs you got to be physical because they got so much talent. Um, and with Simmons not be that, they really didn't have anybody to respond, especially on the forward end of it. Uh, but what I really liked about the Leafs that I haven't seen over the last couple of years, their puck pursuit in all three. Uh, especially in the neutral zone and in the forechecking zone, has really impressed me that they've always got some guy on the puck causing trouble, and that's how they're getting a lot of turnovers, and with the skill that they have, they're getting a lot of offensive chances. Uh, um, Joe, I'd like to ask you, uh, it's a pandemic world. Um, you know, the Leafs are confined to uh, playing teams in Canada. Um, what are the broadcasting challenges for you in, in uh and your sidekick, Jimmy, uh, in this in this type of uh, in this type of environment. Well, uh, we're we're doing the the home games from our regular spot at Scotiabank Arena, 
Um, I'll tell you, one of the things that is, that's a challenge um, is realizing when an actual goal has been scored at times. I mean, pucks go in and out of the net very, very quickly. And sometimes the goal judge, who doesn't sit behind the net anymore, he's up in the press box with us, that goal light doesn't go on. But Larry, Curley, and Moe, who were sitting behind <laughs> the glass with 15 beers into them, are usually jumping up and hollering and pounding on the glass as soon as they see the puck go in the net. So it kind of gives everybody a little clue that it actually has gone in. So there's been a couple of occasions where it was at end because the, the players, it wasn't the Stanley Cup winning goal so that they weren't going crazy. Uh, some of it's just kind of, yeah, it's in, whatever, and nothing more to it. So uh, the initial reaction at times is a little different the, without a crowd actually in the building. Uh, the away games, um, we're uh, at a studio. Um, if the game is uh, on uh, Sportsnet, we are at uh, the Rogers facility down on Mount Pleasant. And if it's a TSN game, we're up at uh, uh, their headquarters uh, off McCowan at the 401. And we're doing it off a monitor. And um, it's not the same. It's, it's more difficult. Um, but uh, it's getting done. And uh, so far, the games are on. And we, uh, we've gotten the score right and gotten all the commercials on. Luke, Joe, why isn't there a goal judge behind the net since there are people in the penalty box? Uh, <laughs> well, they've taken uh, those seats that. away. <laughs> those, all of those seats have been taken away for, for season ticket holders. I, they've taken that entire uh, away. So the guy is sitting up in the press box, and he has his finger on the button for the red light. So wow. sometimes he's in the same situation we are, that he's not sure it's gone in either, or at least a, a delayed reaction to it. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. The, 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 that's the only reason I can think of, uh, Louis. That's fascinating. I didn't even, I didn't even realize uh, that there was no cold judge behind the net. That he was uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Used to, be, I, used to be the most important guy in the in the in the rink, and you used to have guys pounding on the glass because the guy turned the light on when you didn't uh, think the puck was in the net. Now, uh, now it's uh, video review, and the guy means video nothing. review. A different yep. world. Uh, Joe, opportunity to catch up. Uh, your assessment of the Leafs' body of work so far this season. I know we've chatted about it uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's it's a limited uh, a limited sample size because it's the North Division. So, but we're thankful that we have hockey, and this is you know in the world that we live in. This is this is the only way we're going to get it this year. So, you know, we're uh, we don't want to be critical. But, uh, you know, we haven't played what I call, quotation marks, the big boys. You know, Tampa and Boston are having great seasons. And, you know, I guess luckily or, uh, we're, not, we're not in the division with them. Uh, maybe, but, maybe they're lucky they're, we're not in the division. Yeah, that, and that's where I was going with this. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all well and good. But I think what it, does, what it does say is how good the Atlantic division is when it's a normal situation. I mean, three teams out of that are leading divisions out of the four. The Montreal Canadiens, who are in that division, are, are you know, right there. Um, so having said that, I mean, there are Detroits in the league, and there are other teams that aren't very good that are going to mirror what's going on as far as Ottawa is concerned. So, I, I mean, this league is too good and it's too balanced to say that, oh, well, you know, one division is not, not nearly as good as the other one. Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think you can say that. And uh, at this point, I think you just got to live with what's there and uh, enjoy 
what's going on. So, uh, you know, there's going to be rivalries in some divisions, and some teams are going to be head and shoulders better than others as well. Uh, Joe, uh, your assessment so far, uh, in, we're into the season 15, 16 games. I don't know exactly the, the right number. Um, your, uh, your assessment of the Maple Leafs so far, the pluses, the minuses? Um, well, I mean, goaltending-wise started slowly, but in fairness to Frederick Anderson, there was no preseason, no exhibition games, no training camp. Uh, but lately uh, has been outstanding. Their defense is much better, I believe, than it has been in past years. Much better. Um, Bogosian and Brody have fit in very, very nicely with those who are here. Uh, and the development of uh, Justin Hall, uh, I think, has been, um, uh, you know, when you think about this guy was a healthy scratch for 70-some-odd games under Mike Babcock a few years ago. I mean, it's just amazing the strides that he has made. Uh, I think the core forward group uh, is showing a lot of uh, maturity. Uh, Austin Matthews, uh, I think, has gotten another gear uh, skating-wise. Uh, you talked about puck retrieval and everything else. I don't know that there's a better uh, guy in the league with his stick as far as getting pucks away from people than there is in, in Austin Matthews. So um, it would be nice uh, if Neilander and Tavares got going, but I think that you realize that's just a matter of time. Uh, I think that they have improved their physicality, although um, – uh, Quite a bit of it is going to be lost for four or five weeks with Wayne Simmons. But um, I, I've been impressed with what everything that they wanted to do to try to improve this team, I think they have. Now, is there still room for improvement? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, everybody is in the cap situation and how that kind of plays out. So, But I think that uh, uh, Kyle Dubas has done a wonderful job uh, assessing it understanding what everybody else, a lot of people certainly gave him free advice. And I think that he has also uh, thought that that's uh, the way they had to go. And they've made some changes. And I think all of them have been pretty beneficial. Uh, we're talking to Joe Bourne. Joe, we won't keep you much longer. Uh, Lou, uh, last question or comment for Joe. Joe, how do you like the third jerseys? I'm sorry, Lou? How do you like the third jerseys? Should have seen the one they wore in the warm-up for Montreal. I got right. It was it was a Black Lives Matter thing that and a big honor for Willie O'Ree. But they came out and it was a black jersey with with silver numbers and you couldn't see a thing. I thought, oh my God, please help us. But the 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 first jersey that they wore was uh, they were in Edmonton and we were doing it off television and it was really difficult and. Uh, uh, there were enough complaints that Brendan Shanahan and, and uh, people uh, from Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment um, uh, attempted to make some changes. And so they asked us, uh, Chris Cuthbert and I came down to uh, Scotiabank and sat up in the press box with Shannon Hosford, and they had a couple of guys out on the, the ice wearing the jerseys, but they had put some white piping around the back numerals, uh, which helped immensely. Uh, but the uh, side arm bars, uh, those numbers haven't been changed. I hope before they wear them again that they can do that. It, it reminds me of the All-Star game in um, Columbus. And Jim Roth and I went down to do that game. 
And uh, the, the powers that be within the National Hockey League decided what a great idea it would be to have the white jerseys with light gray numbers. And that's great if you're standing right beside the guy and you've got a jersey. And they, they look really sharp. You stand up in the nosebleeds or up in the press box where we were, you couldn't read a number if you wanted to. And three guys had number 91. So, you know, unless you can absolutely recognize each individual, which is pretty tough in a game that's going up and down and back and forth and people getting in the way, it was pretty, pretty difficult. So the first game, there was a lot of here they come, there they go, and there's five of guys back now, and oh my gosh, here they are. But uh, hopefully it'll get better. And uh, I, to, to answer the question very succinctly, I'm not a big fan. I think they look great if you buy them in a store and wear them into the bar or whatever. But uh, as far as what I'm trying to do, uh, it makes it a little more difficult. We've been talking about the- I'm reading that, that gray along the your arm strips. That's all. Yeah, well, that's it. On on that note, guys, uh, we've been talking to the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe. Joe, we'll we'll uh, we'll let you go. We want to thank you. you. We appreciate this so much. Uh, Thanks for taking the time for us. Appreciate it, Joe. You bet. Enjoy. Stay safe. Stay healthy, you guys. Thanks. Same to you, Joe. Joe Bowen. Uh, We've got to go to break, and we'll be back with Paul Patscow. Paul is. If uh, I was about to say one of hockey's greatest archivists and historian, now let me rephrase that. He is hockey's greatest archivist and one of the great hockey historians. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a Medium Gourmet Pizza for just $13.99. That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizzaville, seat. Pizzaville, stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Ink Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Ink Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning, and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining us now, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? Good. Uh, great to hear your voice. Good, uh, good morning, on. Morning, Lou, Naz. We've got Lou Franceschetti. And joining us now, I call him hockey's greatest archivist and one of hockey's greatest historians, Paul Patskow. Paul, good morning. How are you this morning, oh, I'm Paul? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. I'm still laughing at Joe Bowen's comment about Lou's um, hockey card with <laughs> postage and handling. Uh, I'd like to use that sometime. That's, that's really uh, good. <laughs> absolutely, Paul. Uh, I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give our listeners this morning. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've been on the air for five, almost six years now. We've got our sixth anniversary coming up shortly at the end of March. And you know, we've uh, this is Zoomer Radio. You know, our listeners. Uh, I don't. I call them. Uh, uh, they may be a little bit older. Uh, you know, or you know, we uh, let's just put it this way: all of our most of our listeners know. Grew up watching hockey in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. We focused over time, over uh, bringing on the greats of the game over that time period. You know, the Cornwallis, the Bowers, the Keons, the Mahovliches, uh So many that we've had on, on, our, on our show. Uh, not enough time. And Paul, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've, uh, you've always been a kind friend to our show. And you've, uh, you've always had this great, great event on uh, uh you used to call it the original six alumni event over in, in markham on the first monday of every month obviously in a pandemic world uh you weren't able to continue on but you came up with uh, a, a a great idea to do it on the internet to to keep these stories going to keep the the stories of the hockey greats and all the great stories that we uh, we love to talk to and all the great hockey players from our youth. Uh, you've kept it going with the assistance of, of Laura Evans and uh, Kevin Shea. Just tell our listeners, uh, you came up with this idea to do these Zoom casts, and now it's uh, evolved into, quotation mark, hockey's greatest uh, hockey's time machine, which is on Facebook on Thursday nights, which everybody can enjoy. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're uh, what you've done. Sure, um, evolving is the right word because it sure has evolved from when we first started. You've been to our alumni lunches. You know how close the group there is, and how much they love getting together. And it's been going on for like thirty years. Uh, when the pandemic started, well, we didn't think it was going to be this long, actually. But we had to do something to keep the group together. A lot of the older people, they, they're they're at home and they're isolated and they needed something. So we started to Zoom and it was very small. We just had the people from the actual lunch joining in, but it sort of expanded into something bigger. Even Zoom couldn't handle the, the amount of people that we wanted to, that wanted to, to listen in every Thursday night. So we've gone to a StreamYard type of um, event and, and, you know, um, we've got good reaction from from everyone. It's uh, it's a lot of work to do, but um, you know the stories we're hearing from some of these players and, and executives and others are stories you wouldn't hear normally because they feel a little bit more open to uh, tell us things. And and uh, and we've touched on every topic you can imagine, and we don't um, shy away from controversial ones either. Most of them are fun ones. We have, we've gone into Europe. Uh, we've had Salming from Sweden. We've had Fritjof Nerichek from Czech. We've had Stan Fischler from Israel. We've had people from all over, and um, we're, we're 
groundbreaking. In fact, the next one we're having, if it comes, uh, if it happens, we've got Vladislav Tretyak, Yakushev, and Mikhailov all the way from Moscow. I don't know if anybody's done that before, but um, with the 50th anniversary of the 72 series coming up, uh, we're going to listen to the Russian view, and um, that's, that's quite an achievement. Uh, before I turn over to Naz, just to just to follow up on that, and I, you know, thank you, Paul. I've been privileged to be invited to your events, and I, I sincerely consider it a privilege. They're they're remarkable. You've got you've got great people on it. You know, Scotty Bowman's almost a regular. Uh, Ivan Cornway's been on a few times. You had that great event about the 1994 Rangers with Glenn Healy and Kiprios. And you know so many great. We'll get we'll get into some of them. I just but these are available to everyone now. Uh, if anybody wants to join in, they're on Facebook, I believe, on Instagram. They're Thursday nights at seven o'clock. Uh, before I forget, I, I think it's really important. I just want to uh, let our listeners know when they can actually the details of where and when to tune in. Well, I think the easiest way is just to go on YouTube. And just type in Hockey Time Machine. And then it, click on it, and it comes right up. And we've got um, the previous episodes on there. Just watch it there. You can watch it live, and then it'll be on after that. And we've also got off on my webpage and Facebook. We've got them on Facebook. Um, the link is too long to, to, to tell on the phone. But best thing, just go to YouTube. Hockey Time Machine, and they'll pop up. And Thursday nights when we're going to do it, and um, we can't um, we can't thank the people enough for for all the kind comments they're making. And we we've, we've made friends all over North America, and uh, so we're just going to continue on. And um, we don't have a, we we have a, a lot of things we can do getting the players guests are a challenge but um, we do it as a group it's not just one person we have a number of people who are helping us and and uh, we're well, thankful for that on that note I, I think it'd be fair to mention some of those there's Laura Evans and Kevin Shea it's it's a group effort tell us tell us oh, a little yes. bit about uh, your team Laura and I started this originally. Kevin came on as a moderator, and for those who don't know Kevin Shea, he was he's a superb hockey historian, well connected, and brought a lot to the to the zooms. And we were lucky that a fellow named Glenn Dreyfus from Washington State, who used to be a TV producer, he contacted me one day where he, you know, had written a book with the Washington Capitals, and I invited him on the Zoom. Well. Uh, he, he started to, um, uh, you know, take the, the recordings and, and, you know, make them uh, with uh, visuals and everything. And, and we're so fortunate to have him because we, he's made into a professional production at no charge, which is really, really um, helpful. And that's, uh, I'll give uh, I'll turn it over to you. Paul, we lost a uh, media giant. Frank Laurie yesterday. What was your relationship like with Frank? Oh, he, he was tremendous. Um, first time I met him, we were working on Leafs TV. We were doing a film on the 59 Leafs where they were going to, they made the players last game of the season. And and Frank had such unbelievable stories and insight and and, and wit, humor, and I thought, well, um, 
I'd like to meet him again. Well, he he started. We had these reunions for the Tom Marlboros, and he had come to the '64 reunion, and he couldn't come to the others because his health was failing. But the player, the junior players from all those teams, the one person they wanted to see when they came back to Toronto was Frank Orr. They respected him that much, and um, they were all going to miss him. He was a superb writer, but his wit and friendliness and offered help, he just amazing person. Uh, Lou? Uh, hi, Paul. How are you? Not bad, Lou. I haven't seen you since, uh, well, last year at, uh, <laughs> yeah, at the Leafs. <laughs> it's amazing that uh, through all of this, all the great people that we, that we are losing, that we really haven't had a chance to say hello or, or goodbye to in the last eight or nine months. But you've done a great job getting doing this on Thursday nights, and uh, uh, let's hope we can keep it going even when uh, even when this pandemic is over. Yeah, we're going to try. Uh, we're going to actually do the, the, if we go back to the alumni lunches, we're going to actually do a live feed from there now so everybody can see. A lot of people can't come there in their different parts of the country. And, you know, we've lost some really good people. Bobby Nevin, and who's a regular there, and, and I can name so many. At least we've lost George Armstrong, Eddie Shack, and, and, you know, Red Kelly and Johnny Bauer and, you know, so we're losing them. So we're looking for the more um, younger former players to come, including people like Lou Franceschetti, if he would uh, <laughs> join us sometime. <laughs> I, I'm sure I can kick him a little. I wouldn't even have to. I wouldn't even have to twist his arm. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, I'll get him out for you. No, okay, no problem. Uh, you made a good point, uh, Paul. That uh, you know, you've got you got people that tune into this from all over the world. Yes. Um, and you managed to track the interest of the New York Times. Uh, yes. on, on January 4th, the New York Times wrote an article about uh, about your Zoom casts, and uh, I guess it became the hockey time machine. Um, how did the New York Times get interested in, uh, well, in what, you, what you're doing on Thursday night? The uh, writer for the Toronto Star, he had done a story on me, New York Times, a few years, oh, maybe three and a half years ago, about you know, what I do uh, in the hockey world with video and everything. So he was tuning into our show, and he said, well, this should be of interest to a lot of people. So he decided to pitch it to the New York Times, and they they, they took it, and, uh, and it was really well done. Uh, I mean, you get more notoriety that way, and, of course, you have more people calling and asking for video and things like that, which makes more work for me, but... <laughs> Um, it's. Uh, I was pretty pleased with the article, and um, you know, so I'm thankful to Curtis for doing that. Uh, Nas, well, what do you think of the current edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, I was disappointed last night, but uh, the, I, I think with um, Sheldon Keefe as coach, I think he's going to. I think the team's more relaxed, and you know it's still early, but you know, it's kind of hard watching it now. There's no crowd. There's no not, the excitement's not there. And since the Leafs were winning, then there's interest. But if they weren't winning, and uh, I, I, I don't know, um, they have all the tools. They have everything they need. Maybe not as enough toughness, but you know when they get Simmons back and. Uh, and Lou Franceschetti makes a comeback, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. 
Well, then, uh, Lou, I'll, I'll give you last last go here, and then uh, then we'll let Paul go. Thanks for a kind compliment. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, it, it's just amazing how we we all get lost in uh, in professional athletes or even professional sports nowadays that there are hardly any fans at the game. And I'd really like to see how this team can handle playing in front of eighteen thousand people, going on the road. Um, and playing at home and, and playing as well as they have been because I have been really impressed on uh, on the way they have played this year. Uh, uh, I'm just questioning how much depth they have if they lose uh, one of their two top two or three, four star, uh, top stars right now. Yeah, that's right. Simmons was a big loss, and don't forget Thornton and the others. Well, looks like Matthews is, is going to have his best year, but nobody's going to be able to see it unless they see it live. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to gauge this team. They're really good during the season, and in the playoffs, they, they seem to have a problem. So that's, we won't know until the playoffs really how good this team is. Uh, on that note, Paul, we've been talking to Paul Patskow. We've been talking about the Hockey Time Machine. You can watch it on YouTube Thursday nights, also on Facebook. I highly encourage our listeners. There's been he's had Paul's had some tremendous, tremendous guests. We had a we had, I remember the team you did a you did one on Team Canada '72. Paul Henderson was on it. Uh, Yvonne Cornway was on it. I remember the '94 Rangers. The Forbes Kennedy hit on uh, the Forbes Kennedy game. Sorry, uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston Bruins back in '69. I believe that got out of control. Some great sessions with some uh, with some NHL referees. There's so many so many more that uh, we could talk about. Um, always interesting, Paul. You, Lauren, Kevin, and Glenn are doing a, a fantastic job. We look forward to it. We highly encourage our listeners to tune in Thursday nights. Thanks for this, Paul. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Paul Patskow. Uh, like I said, hockey's greatest archivist uh you ever need anybody ever he's consulted for more hockey movies and more he's won awards everywhere uh digs up the most remarkable remarkable video footage or tv footage from whatever era 1920s 30s 50s i don't i never i i don't know how he finds it but he does and he's uh he's really really accomplished at what he does and uh at the top of his top of his field paul patskow gentlemen we have a few minutes left um um going back to uh super bowl naz you didn't get a chance we didn't get a chance to talk about super bowl with you but let me let me throw this one out to you guys in the last few minutes uh and let's let's have a little discussion about this which i found i found a little bit astounding when i saw the statistics the least watched super bowl since 2007 a Nielsen rating of 38.2, which was the lowest since 1969. Regular season ratings are down 7%. Stanley Cup final was down 61%. Masters was down 49%. National Football Championship, the worst rating since 1999. NBA and World Series at all-time lows. Guys, what's going on? Nas? Well, Wally, I think the reason why the Super Bowl wasn't watched as much is because there was no parties around. People were self-isolated, and uh, usually you get into groups of 10, 20, 30. There wasn't that there anymore. 
it makes a big difference because there's a lot of people that watched the Super Bowl in the past that were not football fans, and they're not going to sit at home and watch it. Uh, I, I, uh, Lou, your any thoughts before I, uh, I, I, I pipe in on that, Lou? Well, I just think that the uh, the fans feed off of being at at the ball game, and, and that's the only thing that I can think of. Uh, because when you have people at the ball game, you get more into it than, than you actually do when you're watching it at home. And probably people are having a lot more things to do now uh, when these events are on. What, what is there to do, Lou? We're all stuck in our houses. Uh, that, that's what I find perplexing. There's, um, I, I've got to think that t- TV, uh, the TV networks have got to be somewhat nervous about this. Um, I, I agree with Naz. I agree with his point. That obviously, because there's no Super Bowl parties, you're losing the casual fan. A lot of fans get drawn in to watch. That may not be may not be hardcore sports fans, but if they get invited, it's a social event. You go, you have a beer, you have some wings, and you're part of a group. That didn't happen this year, and I, you know I, I agree with Naz's analysis on that point, but I don't think that explains it all. The lowest-rated Super Bowl since 1968, when you, 69. Sorry, when you got a, a, a matchup for the ages, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Hmm, I'm, I'm I'm having a tough one with that one. Stanley Cup final, okay, was in October, whenever it was, but 61 percent. When what else is there to do? Masters in November. I get it. It's out of season. 49 percent. Um. I, I think I think there's a there's a seismic shift going on here of some kind, um, and and they are, and it's not about they're not tracking the internet ratings they are track they are tracking the streaming ratings as well, and the and the Super Bowl streaming ratings came in at about five point nine million people, which is a significant increase over the year before, so you know may, maybe viewers are going that way, but. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, uh, aside from, uh, you can't have a party. There's something else going on here, uh, guys. Um, and we'll see how, the, we'll see how it all shakes out at the end. Um, Naz, any, any final comments on that? No, I, not really. I, I think, I think it'll get better soon. Everything gets back to normal. It'll be okay, but it's been a tough go. That's for sure. And my, my only, I wouldn't say concern, but my only comment on, I, I agree with you there, Naz. Everybody's looking for somewhat of a little bit of return to normalcy. Um, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just think when things return to a state of normalcy, that's uh, that's just somebody delivering off some flowers at my front door. Um, uh, when they return to a state of normalcy, they'll... Uh, Maybe people will be less indoors and more outdoors uh, and less in front of their TVs rather than more in front of their TVs. It's certainly interesting to see what uh, how this all shakes out. Lou, uh, we got about a minute left. Uh, any final word on that? I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, people are caught in this pandemic, uh, and, it's, and it's a trying time for, for everybody right now. Um, and we don't know exactly... Uh, when the normalcy is going to be, whether, whether it's going to be the Major League Baseball season. Uh, I guess we're, we're waiting for uh, the, the NBA now, how they're going to handle things. And look at all the can- cancellations of the National Hockey League right now. So I think we're going to go through this probably for another six, seven, eight more months. And then uh, uh, hopefully uh, everything will be get back 
we'll be getting back to normal at the end of the year or early next year. Anyways, on that note, uh, Naz, the clock has struck 10. Last words. Everyone stay safe and have a good week. Uh, thanks for that, Naz. Thank you, Lou. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe, Lou, you and your family, and to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.